What's up, Emily? You poisoned again? Nah, Josh. I just have the chills. The chills, you say? Sounds like your white blood cells might be fighting an epic internal battle. Maybe. Well, you know, I love that kind of stuff. Maybe I can help you get better with some of these pills. Oh, yeah? Yeah. They're prescribed by Dr. Mario. I just need to go inside your bloodstream, stack them up against your viruses in certain formations, make them all disappear, and then you'll be cured. Isn't modern medicine amazing? Um... Ready? Uh, no. Uh, can we try something different? Maybe some musical therapy? Uh, well, musical therapy doesn't actually work like that. But if you think playing some tunes will improve your mood, sure, we can try that for now. Great. I'd rather do that. No offense. I'll just have to wage a microscopic war in someone else then. Hmm. No big deal. Hey everybody, and welcome to the VGM Jukebox. I'm Emily. And I am Josh. <laughs> Each week we play tunes recommended by you, our patrons, and we also read your testimonials. Alright, so let's get right into it. Our first track comes to us from patron Joey Koki. New patron, ding ding. The game is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Pound FE. The track is Dual Battle. The composer is Yoshiaki Fujisawa, and this was for the Wii U. Koki writes, This submission is sourced from the Wii U's swan song RPG, Tokyo Mirage Sessions Pound FE, pronounced Sharp FE, oh, thank you, developed by Atlas, published by Nintendo, and released June 24th, 
2016. In Tokyo Mirage Sessions, you play as Itsuki, a mild-mannered everyman who joins the entertainment agency Fortuna Entertainment to become an artist, capital A, artist. Of course, the agency is also a front for your secret group of Mirage Masters who fight to protect innocent people and find out who is behind the mysterious attacks on Tokyo. The myriad vocal tracks in the game were sung by the actual voice actors and actresses, and the stage performances were 3D modeled with the help of full motion capture. While the vocal performances are amazing to behold, the care and production shows in the background music as well. Episode 23, The Best Magic, inspired this track choice. This song plays when one character, Tsubasa, is trying to teach another character, Kiria, how to comfortably show her inner softness by charming, quote quote, two bosses into submission and then kicking their collective butts. Even though I'm male, I love to play as female characters. It's partly because of the higher magic and speed stats, but mainly because I just find girl characters easier to look at for hours on end. Smiley man. Yeah. Speaking of girl characters, Noelle never was. My Pokemon Go avatar is back out there in the world, making money, um, (laughs) punching Pokemon. Still don't have any legendaries, though. Have you been trying? Yeah, I tried a couple times um, to get a legendary. A failed Lugia raid uh, happened on campus yesterday. And then we I had a successful Zapdos raid, but my catch just didn't happen. Oh, no. So what does that mean? It didn't save properly, or...? Oh, no, it means I threw many Pokeballs at it until it, I had ran out of uh, Pokeballs. Oh, okay. Yeah. So is it like the legendaries don't run if you manage to secure them? They don't run, but you only you have a limited amount of Pokeballs you could use. Right, yeah. yeah. Oh. It's I'm okay, sorry though. for that, but I thought I feel like every day you swing between either I'm so glad I'm cold turkey not playing Pokemon Go, or you're really excited to be back in it. So I'm never really sure um, what go mood you're going to be in. I'm happy that I'm not playing it as much. I think I have uh, broken the addiction, mostly. <laughs> oh, good. Know. So um, now you can just responsibly, responsibly play. Yeah, I actually think it's kind of cool that I don't have any legendaries. I was talking to Paul about this the other day, but it's like I'm pretty high level. Uh, especially for somebody who has no legendaries, but because I was, you know, off my feet these past couple months, I guess. Yeah. You know, I have no legendaries, and I think that's kind of cool. It's like part of my Pokemon story, you know? Right. Oh, your narrative. Yeah. I get a, a Pokemon little, Go trainer. Get a little narrative. Yeah. That's what we do here at VGMJB is we churn out narratives. Uh, speaking of churning out narratives, this is episode 80. It is. That's an insignificant number, but it is a, you know, whatever, a multiple of 10, and it made, gave me pause a little bit. But the <laughs> thing that kind of shocks me the most about it being episode 80, and I just realized this while I was uh, helping you put this script together, Yeah. is the fact that we have done 80 dumb little skits at the beginning of the show. <laughs> 80. Yes. 
This is true. And more and more involved skits if you count the uh, the special episodes. Because oh, right, those aren't yeah. numbered. So traffic jams, uh, exercise points, dungeon dance party. All yeah. of those are unnumbered. And all of the dungeon episodes were also their own spin-off That's true. numbering we did system. Numbers. We did skits on those, right? Yes, we did. So there were maybe... 11 of those or 12 have we ever done an episode with no skit oh i know wait no we haven't have i don't we? think we have jeez <laughs> should we do that we should just for just to just to say we've done it yeah all right somehow we'll we'll write a script about why we're not using a script and then <laughs> right exactly yeah, and it's funny to bring up episode 80 because Joey Koki's submission was inspired by episode 23, mm. which was ages ago by now. Yeah. But remains one of our most viewed blog posts. Oh, really? Yeah, it does. It's it's up there. So that's pretty interesting. What was that one about? The best magic, um, I think was when we were talking about my childhood being a video game playing little girl. Uh-huh. And and possibly talking about Ghostbusters. Oh. Let me see. We've also written at least 80 blog post blurbs. Oh man. Which is another thing. Yeah, so I'll just read our little synopsis here. Let's travel back in time to Friday, June 3rd, 2016. This is what we wrote. Josh and Emily officially commit themselves to weekly travels through the overworld, and all this walking is exhausting. Maybe that's why they take such a long break at the field and talk for a full hour and a half. What do they spend all their time discussing? Gender roles, babies, Power Rangers, Tyrus Flair, the Ninja Turtles, again. The mysterious nature of the haunted jukebox. Basically, this conversation goes all over the place. But it's also wrought with opinions and hypotheses, so please, we encourage all you patrons to weigh in with your own thoughts and experiences below. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah, so we pulled everyone in with all of this. We threw everything at them. Babies. Power Rangers. Ninja Turtles. Baby Rangers. <laughs> Tyrus Flare jukeboxes. Female Ninja Turtles. Oh, we did talk about that at one time, I think. Yes, we did. We did talk about Venus de Milo. It came up. She came up. That's funny, too, because um, that, I mean, that might tie into, that might actually be the kernel of what caused this submission, because you've talked about, Josh, how Tyrus Flair was kind of your, your, like, spiritually connected video game character, mm -hmm. that she's yeah. very important to you. Yeah. She's fast. She has the best magic. That's it. The best magic. Yeah. You can look at her for hours on end. <laughs> right. Joey chose a pretty good song here. Um, I like... Yeah, they're definitely video game inspired background music. Even though it's made on a Wii U, they could have done whatever they wanted, but they wanted to capture some of that video game uh, style so you get some of those rapid note sequences. Um, 
And some uh, sort of computer sounds and stuff like that. Yeah, it's true. I really enjoy this track a lot. This mm. track reminds me of two things. It reminds me of the ghost trick track that we played, where I kind of described this image of it being our two different musical tastes kind of put into one song. So there was like the, the gritty, grungy part, and then there was the beautiful flying through space part. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also reminds me of a super Chase HQ track because of that like siren whine that kind of happens at different points that wee-oo, wee-oo. It's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. And I apologize for calling it pound F-E. I didn't know what to do with the hash sign until Joey wrote in the uh, testimonial very helpfully. It's sharp F-E. Mm. Well, I'm glad so many patrons are out there playing different games. I can't play all these games. Not even our powers combined can play all these games. But as a, as a family. Yeah. We can play all the games. Kiria. Supasa. And this next track comes to us from Sparadin. From the game Fez. The track is called Adventure. The composer is Disasterpiece. It was for a myriad of consoles. Let's take a listen.
Sparadin writes, If memory serves, Fez was one of the indie darlings that helped catapult the indie gaming scene into the phenomenon it is today. Released in 2012, it was a brilliantly designed puzzle platformer set in a 2D world that you could twist 90 degrees with the push of a button. This made for some truly mind-bending puzzles, as you could only see one side of the world at a time. I remember seeing the trailer and hearing this tune, Adventure, for the first time. I was enthralled and immediately knew I was going to purchase the game. I am a sucker for music that speaks to my inner childhood adventurer, the kid who runs outside and into the woods out back, gazing into the distance with eyes that only see the mundane world through a layer of imagination. I never beat Fez, but that's okay. The soundtrack was more than worth it. Oh, that testimonial was more than worth it. What a wonderful way of putting that emotion. Eyes that only see the mundane world through a layer of imagination. That's exactly what this track feels like. Yeah. There's a sense of wonder here for sure. Do you ever see the world through eyes of imagination? Yes. I, I guess everybody does, but... Yes, definitely. We just had the eclipse mm. happen, and although I was not in the path of totality, I still got to look up at the sky with the proper eyewear and pretend that I was on a different planet for a little while. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love anytime there's something unusual in the sky that isn't typically there, I want to see it because there's something so wondrous about that so yeah. I think I might turn into one of these totality chasers by the way I might have to actually go and see the next one I think we all have learned that fact we have I mean as Americans we all know the path of totality is the place to be yes yes because um, if you saw images of people hanging out outside the you know outdoors during the totality it is so awesome mm. i mean i see i saw pictures of the totality and mostly the news clips were just showing like the image of the sun but you should see images look for images where people are like partying under it it yeah it's crazy and um yeah we gotta go it's going to be so cool. I think in 2028 or something in Texas. It's about seven years away, I think. Something like that. Oh, only seven? Okay. I think so. I oh. think. I don't know if I actually checked this or if I just heard this through the grapevine. Mm. But yeah, patrons, meet us there. VGMJB meetup. In the path of totality. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I used to see the world, if I would walk around long enough, like, the world would become increasingly strange sometimes, I guess. Or, like, my imagination would get thicker and thicker. Hmm. I used to walk around Well, I mean, you're, you're still doing this. You're doing this with Pokemon Go. It's just... Oh, yeah, that, that's Imagination true. aided. 
Yeah, it's an imagination augmentation, I suppose. I mean, I think so, at least from the way you've talked about it, when you sort of describe how it feels to be living in a world where there's a, a parallel dimension with these creatures living in it that you can go find. True, but it is kind of like you start to just see it as a game in your phone and you stop connecting the worlds a little bit sometimes. Oh, I see. Or you... I don't know. I know, I know what you mean about the parallel dimension. But one time... Well, I'll just say this real quick because I was trying... I don't know. I always remember this. But one time I was just driving to work. This was like 10 years ago or so. And um, there was just like a weird ring around the sun because of the way the clouds were. And the clouds were like really beautiful also Mm -hmm. that day. Do you know what I mean by a ring around the sun? Um, I mean, you're not talking about the corona because that's not visible. No, no. But you're just talking about the glow from around it. Yeah. It's almost like, like a, a halo. Ra- yeah, but it's like it was like a big halo, like really uh. far away from where this from the sun. Okay. So it almost looked like it was encircling like, I don't know, 15 percent of the sky or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I also felt like I was kind of on a, another planet, just uh, being in that, in the uh, shadow of that phenomenon. Yeah. I, I love that feeling. I don't know. I spend so much time in video games where you're on different planetary surfaces, just staring up at the skies they've created, where there are multiple suns or... A planet's really close, so it takes up half of the view. I just... There's something about that that I just... I can't get enough of. So yes, patrons, I really need to play No Man's Sky. Someday I will get this game. Because it sounds like it's everything I've ever wanted in a video game. Hmm. By the way, Sparadin... Sparadin? Sparadin tried to give us some pronunciation help with their name, mm-hmm. and I still am unsure. It looks like Sparadin. I think it's Sparadin. Sparadin? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I guess if it were spare, there'd be an E there. Yeah. Sparadin, smiley man, heart. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have. Well, you when you say Sparadin, you have to be. Smiling and in love. I think that's what that means. Oh, I see. Like, Sparadin. Oh. Yeah, you did it. I did it. (laughs) Smooth. I'm in love with this tune, actually. This track is really good. That's two very Emily tracks in a row. Very different, but very, very key glyph. That's interesting. Mm. I like this This song a lot, too. Oh, Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go I just ahead. want to say one thing, which yes. is that I was kind of sad that it was fading out at the end. Oh. Because it's kind of getting like more uh, harmonious at the very end, but then it fades out right there. So it's kind of like, oh. Anyways, what were you going to say? No, that is interesting because I was wondering why the fade was there, you know, because mm-hmm. this was pulled from a, a YouTube clip. So... You know, we didn't actually we didn't actually hit a loop 
Well, so I'm kind of curious about that. I think Fez doesn't. I'm not sure if it ever loops, but you know, I think the. Oh wait a minute! Actually, I'm wrong. I was thinking of a different game, where you're like flying, and then you're uh, shooting things, and it makes music sounds when you shoot them. Do you know what I'm oh, talking about? Oh, you're thinking of Res. Oh, Res. I think right. Yeah, it is called Res. Yeah, Fez is that game that took like 10 years to develop or whatever and looks really cool. It looks 2D, but then like it renders the 3D world. Right. Ostrike is so good. Um, All I was going to say was that when I was little, there was a radio station that my mother used to listen to, which played all synth music and not Muzak. It was just like, you know, 80s, early 90s kind of synth new age mood music. I mean, I don't know what else you would call it. I didn't know what it was back then, really. But this reminds me of stuff we used to hear on that station. Oh, like like new wave, new age I mean... Yeah, I mean, before I knew what New Age was, yeah. It was definitely New age type music. We have a cassette of this. She used to just leave a cassette in the stereo, so if a song came on that she liked, she would just hit record. Mm. I should see if I can find that and figure out what the station was, or even what some of the songs were. It's probably the spa. <laughs> yes, exactly. K-spa... K-Spa, view the world through layers of imagination. (laughs) All right, moving through the layers of tracks. Let's move into our next one. This one comes to us from Bogus Meat Factory. The game is Mist Online, Uru Live. The track is Gallery Theme. The composer is Robin Miller, and this was for the PC. And he has an audio testimonial, so we'll be hearing that too. Let's do it.
The Myst franchise has been a highly contested series that has shaped the gaming landscape forever. Few remember their attempt in creating an MMO adventure game that ultimately failed and later became what we know as Uru, Ages Beyond Myst. This high concept online game was filled with a Tolkien-esque level of detail that is unrivaled to this day in any title. What makes it even greater is that the game is free for others to experience and is still a massively multiplayer online game. I cannot express enough how much of an impact this game has made on me as a fan of the medium, and I strongly urge any interested in playing this game and learning all about it to contact me in the comment section. Seriously, play the Miss Games, give them a chance, and get engaged in the world. Cheers. Do you think if they contact Bogus Meat Factory, he'll be able to like hook up with them in the game? Is he like starting a game? Define hookup. What? Is he uh, is he starting a polyamorous online um, cult? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's it's possible I might be part of this cult. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that uh, I don't know if that encourages or discourages any other patrons. But uh, no, I mean uh, Bogus is always digging into these very obscure pieces of video game history, and. Uh, He's offering to get people set up and then give them a tour, because that's what he did for me. <laughs> he sort of guided me around. It was is, really fun, actually. Cool. It was fun because he was so enthusiastic about it. Well, that's adorable. I love the <laughs> idea of an online tour guide. Maybe if I... Will you give me a tour someday? Of Not of Mist, but I was thinking more of a... Online. I mean, The Sims online. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The Sims online? Freeso? Freeso. Yes. I mean, I know it'd be uncharacteristic of you, a robot, to give a tour. Would it be <laughs> That's right, breaking, yes. yeah, would it be breaking your character's uh, No, I don't think backstory? so, because... Okay. I don't think so, because I think my, my robot character would be thrilled by the belief that maybe she knew enough about human culture to bring another human in and explain it mm. and then uh, she wouldn't realize how, how poorly she was doing at the job but mm. yeah that would be fun. The Sims Online is also a thing that Bogus found and gave me a tour of and we actually have a house and we're building, get this we're building a bar and uh, music club basically. Hmm. And we put a jukebox in it in honor of Haju. Oh, cool. So we should actually, I should take pictures of this and put it up. But I haven't been, uh, I haven't been logged in in a while, so I gotta get back on that. Wait, how much, how much can you actually design? Or yeah, how much can you customize this club so that, you know, it is like our bar with red Um, and blue potions and whatnot? So, as far as I know, I mean, when people played the original Sims, folks would make their own items and make their own clothes and things and people that you could, uh, you know, upload or not upload, but you would put the files in the right folder so the game would read them and then 
use them as if they were items and things that originally came with the game. I don't know if people are doing that with Friso, but everything that was available, like all furniture and stuff that was available in The Sims 1 is also available in Friso. And basically you buy a plot of land and then you build a house on it just like you would in The Sims, but then people can come visit, like real people can drop by. Mm. So. <laughs> Why? Are the wheels spinning in your head? Uh, yeah, I got oh my pretty gosh. excited. We yeah. could get all of our patrons to be players and come hang out with us in the Sims bar. I mean, it would be I, the best if you could actually choose the music. But you I don't know do if that. you can. Yeah. Any whatnot, but, what do you think of this song? I was going to say, you know, K-Spa continues. K-Spa, where you can look inside and find your inner light. This song feels very spiritual to me. Oh. Do you not feel that you're being kind of spoken to from the past or the beyond? Mm. Here, let me focus. Let me focus on this music real quick. All right, when I said that, it stopped. <laughs> oh, no. You've been cut off. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm cut off from the spiritual dimension. It just sounds like somebody's making a movie about mist. Not the game, just the actual phenomenon of mist. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. One day... There was a particle of water, and it uh, floated throughout the air, <laughs> and whatever, I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, I'm thinking, it's like once again with this particle of water thing, this is going back to your whole story, the very involved story you constructed about the water that was blasting the paint off of your building. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I could see that in black and white with this song. Yeah. Paint chips. Paint chips back in the gutter with uh, French subtitles. <laughs> I'm seeing cobblestones and a horse. Just like the horse's hooves kind of like go through the frame. Oh. Slowly. Slow motion. Hmm. This is definitely a slow motion track. I see a um, a bag float through the frame, an empty Doritos bag, <laughs> and it's the only thing in color. Wow. And the horse steps on it. It represents the, the death of the human spirit. <laughs> this is like the weirdest reboot of the Red Balloon I have ever heard. <laughs> Yeah, the Dorito bag. Yeah. Well, let's step out of that Dorito bag and into this next track, which was recommended by Goemon-sama for Street... Oh, well, from Street Fighter Alpha. This track is Dan Theme, also sometimes titled Groovy. The composers listed are Isao Abe... Shun Nishigaki, Setsuo 
Yamamoto, Yuko Takehara, Naoki Iwami, Naoshi Mizuta, and it's for the arcade. Goemon Sama writes, Dan is the quintessential joke character. Capcom created him to be a playful jab at rival fighting game developer SNK to get back at them for headhunting the original Street Fighter team to make Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting. Dan's look, moves, and voice are all a scathing parody the of, the of the Art of Fighting characters Ro and Robert right down to the sad fireball that barely leaves their hands if the special meter is low. Dan himself may be a joke, but his theme is serious business. When I first heard it, I was taken aback. I had never heard anything like this in Street Fighter before. The funky bass line, the bouncy xylophone melody, the layered guitar riffs, and last but not least, that synth solo. All the elements come together to make an inspired and unique piece of jazz fusion. Not to mention, catchier than influenza. I've been playing a lot of Street Fighter Alpha 2 Gold on my Saturn lately, and the CD quality arrangements are okay. But they just make me want to listen to the original arcade versions. I can't get enough of that classic Capcom Q sound. You know what this makes me wonder, actually? Um... Have you ever played Art of Fighting? I do not believe so. It's a cool game. I, of course, played a ton of it, being the Neo Geo boy. Yes. Um, but I think maybe this song is a parody of Art of Fighting music. There's a particular um, level that I'm thinking of, which is a Lee's level. Lee's this guy who wears a mask and has, like... Vega Claws, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got this, like, bar jazz kind of sound going in that level, if I remember. 
We should listen to some art of fighting music, and maybe we can talk about that. Like see right now, this, or another time? See if, uh, another time. Another time. See if this feel comes back to you. Yeah. It is a very unique feel. That xylophone is really funny to me. Hmm. It's like I'll a little use... piece of Price is Right infused in the middle of this groove. Hmm, <laughs> Price is Right. I don't know why it makes me think that Price is Right. It just does. Well, the price is right for me. This is a nice little jam. It's good. I didn't know that uh, the Street Fighter team was also involved in making Fatal Fury and Art of Fighting. Or did they actually get them? Did they just try to get them and fail? I don't know that story. I don't either. It's like... I have a co- Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say it's like a, a fighting game story playing out behind a fighting game. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be great if there were a fighting game that was Capcom versus SNK, but it was like the people working for the company trying to be the dominant <laughs> fighting game company? That's my yeah. contribution to this conversation. Okay, you go ahead. Um, that would be cool, especially the sound teams. Yes. You got Isao Abe. Naoaki Iwami. I would love to see their sprites. Yoko Shimamura. Yoko Shimamura, big time. Capcom girl, Yoko Shimamura. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry. But it's not important. Oh, I know. Um, yes. I just want to report, and reading all these Japanese names reminded me, that I uh, beat Duolingo Japanese. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Should I sing it for you? Yes, please. Okay, you deserve it. Here we go. Congratulations. All your frustrations have paid off. You got a hole in one, son. Yep. It wasn't actually a hole in one. It took many, uh, much time <laughs> and many attempts to get it. I guess a hole-in-one in Duolingo is if you take the uh, diagnostic test and it's just like, oh, you're already fluent. <laughs> yes. I got pretty good scores, I think, in the uh, diagnostic test. I got to skip a lot of stuff. Some stuff that I didn't even really know. Hmm. That's very cool. I did see that you mentioned on Twitter that you still need subtitles in anime, so mm. I guess there's more work to be done. Yep. Duolingo didn't do the whole job for you. Didn't do the job. Duolingo, do your job. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm going to keep working on it because some of the stuff I just kind of picked up for the lesson, but I can't necessarily pull it from memory. And also, there's just more vocabulary to learn, and I think some grammar structures. But I think most importantly, it's like you have to just hear a lot of Japanese and get used to the fact that people are, like, breaking the structures all the time. Right. That you're learning so hard. Right, yeah. Yeah, the version that you learn in class is not usually how people speak their language. I'm really distracted by the xylophone. I'm sorry. 
it, there's just something about it that just uh, pulls all of my attention away. Would you say this is a Keyglyph track or? It sounds like a Josh track to me. Kind of. It's a Josh track, but it's got the texture. Mm. So it's a it's a Josh track with Emily ear feel. Not that I don't like it, but this definitely I could see this being a uh, a fairway tune, like a nighttime fairway tune. Mm-hmm. In some glitzy city. Oh, speaking of fairways, man, I am on such a losing streak in golf clash right now. It's oh no, awful. To whom? Strangers or people we know? Just to everybody. Uh, I played Ed a couple times recently. Um, of Pixel Tunes Radio. Of Pixel Tunes Radio. I think I might have won that. I don't know. But just the the people that the computer puts me up against, I'm just losing to them all the time. It's like I can't even play that game anymore, and I was good. Oh, no. I'm not sure if it's because I'm like suddenly Pokemon again or something. Or maybe all these Golf Clash people are spoofing. <laughs> no, they're not spoofing. I'm like <laughs> definitely messing up. <laughs> it's a good that would be really funny, the concept of spoofing in a a golf game. First of all, I don't even know what that means, but uh, I guess just deploying better, just letting AI shoot for you. Yeah. In auto-aim. Yeah, well, we talked about it in KFWY, actually. Oh, yes. They use diazepam. Yes. What are some of the other... um, tropes like video game tropes that slow down time um do you mean like items or just whenever it gets slowed down uh like items oh yeah there's just a regular slowdown what's it called oh yeah slow down slow when there's down. too many sprites on the on the screen yes um i can't think of any I mean, the only thing that comes to mind at the moment is in XCOM 2, which is a, a tactical strategy game. I forget the actual genre, but you're moving your characters around on a grid and kind of positioning them to make their attacks. And if you have people kind of waiting in ambush mode and then someone tries to run across an open area that's in their line of sight, mm-hmm. then everything slows down to show you whether or not that person makes it through the area without getting hit or not. Oh, yeah. So that's not an item or anything. That's just purely to make the moment seem more epic for you, the viewer, as your character aims and fires or is trying to run through a line of fire. Hmm. But slow down? I'd, I'd have to think about it. Usually video games are into speeding things up. Yeah, although sometimes... Have you ever played a shooter where you purposely weren't collecting all the speed-ups? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because if you go too fast, then you're just gonna run into walls. You have to be, like, very, very sensitive if you uh, power up your spaceship to the max of speed. The speed max. That is very true. Depending on the game, I guess. It seems like, though, with most games I play, 
the highest speed um, power up is dangerous. Hmm. Any that I can of? think of. Oh, um. <laughs> you know, those shooting games. Sorry, I just put you <laughs> on the spot. You know all those. Oh, yeah, those. Life Force. Mm hmm. Galaxian. Um. The Castle of Shikigami. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um. What else? The one with the boxing gloves. Um, Twinbee? Yeah, Twinbee. I gotta play um, more. Oh, the other one I was playing ups. lately is... Uh, the one that I was thinking of, and the reason I couldn't think of anything else, uh, Dino Riki. Oh, yeah, how's that going? I haven't really been playing it, but it's definitely... It's really fun. Um, mm. I think I got to, like, the fourth level or something. It's really fun. It's hard. And it's a shooter in a weird way because you're a little walking man. But the uh, screen is scrolling and you can kind of walk all over the screen. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It sounds yeah. like Magmax. Yeah, but it's... Um, At it, least Magmax when you have legs. It scrolls down instead of across. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you don't control the scrolling, it's auto-scrolling. Right, yeah. Yeah, okay. Interesting. It's cool. And the music is so beautiful, as mm. we all know. All right. Well, hey, speaking of The Sims, guess what? I don't know. He's looking right at the script, ladies and gentlemen. The next track is from The Sims. Um, this comes to us from Super Kicks All Day Long. The track is Neighborhood 2. The composer is Jerry Martin, and this was also for the PC. Very PC-heavy episode today. All right, let's go to The Neighborhood. Thank you. 
super kicks all day long writes, When all the buying and building is done and it's time to release your sims into the wild, this track puts just the right pep in their step. This smooth groove is perfect for assembling your to-do list, working out, enjoying a game of chess, or flirting with your neighbors by the pool. Mm. Ah, The Sims music holds such a special place in my heart. This is a nice one, and it's a lot more normal sounding than the other one we listened to. Oh, yeah. The one that you That host pick? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is more or less what The Sims sounds like mm. on a daily basis. Very, very elevatory and very chill. It's uh, BGM. Yes. It's life BGM. It is, yes, exactly. Okay, here's a funny, a fun fact. Did you know in um, Japan... They actually call the music that's playing in a restaurant or a store BGM. Really? Yeah. I was so. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. So if if you and I were in Japan uh-huh. and we're in a restaurant, somebody next to us might be like, "Man, this BGM is turned up way too loud." Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, BGM. That's awesome. Kono BGM wa chotto rusai ne. Whoa. And I th- I wonder, I was wondering, because I was watching this Japanese show and they were talking about, they're like, how do you know you're in a really good, um, what was it called? Tempura restaurant. And the answer was, there's no BGM. And that's, and they're all, they were all, they were all like learning this fact and they're all, they're all oh, BGM, BGM, oh, okay. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, the reason for that, by the way, is so that you can hear the sizzling of the right. uh, of the tempura. And uh, I was just like, I wonder if they call it BGM because of, like, OSTs from video games. Or is it the other way around? You think they were referring to back- background music as BGM, like, <laughs> since the 80s? They might have been. <laughs> it's possible. It's kind of weird, And then that weird, was a very though. convenient way of putting it uh, in a video game sound test yeah by the way there's a little confusion that I don't want anybody to get confused about but when I say BGM that could be the Japanese pronunciation of VGM but that's not what I'm saying Uh, it's uh the same B like background that's a really interesting fact that kind of reminds me of when I was playing uh, the Ninja Turtles Hyperstone heist game for Sega Genesis as a child, and on the option screen, I think that was the first time, maybe? No, nah, maybe not. I was going to say maybe that was the first time that I really noticed BGM and was like, what does that mean? But you can choose the color palette of the game on the option screen, and one option is anime. And the other is comic. Mm. And I remember asking my best friend Jeremy, like, what does anime mean? I don't even know if we knew how to pronounce it. We'd never seen this word before. Anime. Anime. Right, exactly. Um, We had no idea what this meant. What this uh, 
meant in terms of the game was in anime coloring, it means cartoon coloring, so all of the turtles are the same color. Whereas with comic style, they all are a different shade of green. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh, that's like a Japanese thing then, huh? I guess. I guess. Yeah, I know. They must have meant animation or whatever. Right. Like TV. TV. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, hey, speaking of home building and buying and possibly repair, I have a really funny story that happened today that I would like to share. Oh, yeah. Okay. So today uh, we had some electricians come by at seven o'clock in the morning so they could finish before we had to leave for work uh, to kind of address some some weird sounds I was hearing in the wall in the basement when I had a, a bunch of things plugged in. So the first guy comes down into the basement. This is in my retro room and he is transfixed by my Apple IIe computer. And he's like, what is this? This is a collector's piece. Does this thing actually run? So he's very interested in the computer. The second guy comes down and the second guy is about our age and he's also transfixed by this computer he's never seen it before but he actually starts looking around at the other stuff in my retro room and he sees my toe jam and earl poster and he says oh toe jam and earl i had that game so then we start talking about video games and he says that his first console was the sega master system and he was like, yeah, I had this game. It was Alex something. And I was like, Alex Kid Miracle World. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, that was it. So we're having this conversation, but um, which is really cute. I thought this was like a cute, random bonding moment to be having. But the reason why I thought this was particularly funny was because in the last episode or the episode before, we were talking about this idea of Sega creating the different items in your house. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Here's this electrician coming in, and I almost want to write to Sega, and I want to be like, just so you know, your brand and your brand recognition is so important to me that you might actually be influencing my choice in electricians in 2017. (laughs) I just thought that was so funny that this happened right after we had that conversation. That's funny. I'm sure they get that all the time. There's the Sega secret handshake. You know about that, right? Oh, yeah, of course. If you want extra hot fries at McDonald's, <laughs> you do the uh, hand gesture. Right. Or you say, yeah, I'll take those fries with Sega. And they know to hook you up. Exactly, yeah. Or you could just, uh, yeah, when they hooked up my cable, I was just like, um, all it took was just two tones. All I had to do was uh, say, so come on in. And then he hooked up HBO, Showtime. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm sorry. I'm trying to come up with another funny thing to say, and I'm just drawing a blank. It's hard. It's hard to not just feel this groove. Yes. Well, it's Another not, uh, not really xylophone situation going on. Yeah. Sorry, I totally just talked over you. What did no, you no, say? No, no, I, I kind of said groove, but it's not super groovy. Although Super Kicks All Day Long does speak of its smooth groove. So, yeah, let's just go with that. Mm. Mm, doom. Boom. 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 
Um. Do you wish there was more BGM in the real world? Like, outdoors. Like, uh... That is a tough question, actually. Yeah. Double-edged sword. Sometimes people bring their stereos to the park or something, and that is like BGM. But what if it was more like functioned to be BGM at the park? Right. Like music is just composed by Jerry Martin for your park. <laughs> I I am not sure, honestly. But that is funny to think about that there are situations out in the real world where you expect background music to be there. If you were just walking around in a grocery store with no music, you would feel weird, wouldn't you? Because that's such a conditioned experience at this point. But would you feel... Oh, if there was no music, you mean? If there was no music mm. for grocery shopping. So we've created these activities that involve music behind them. But being out in the park, I don't know. I do get a little frustrated when people bring music on the beach, I have to say. Not because they don't have a right to do that necessarily, but because I'm usually trying to read a book. Mm. And if there are words in a song or if people are talking, I cannot concentrate on a book so that's what bothers me about it but if there was just a beach tune if it were like a a video game this kind of goes back to that that idea we had a long time ago about every town having their own song their own theme that would just play Mm. yeah I don't know what do you think would it be too intrusive or would you like it I don't know what do you think Haju (laughs) Oh, yeah? You think this next song would be a good park tune? Or a tune for something? I don't know, Emily. What do you think? Should we listen to what Haji wants to play? I think we should. All right. What do you got? What do you got, Haji? What is this? Aishita no Joe. Aishita no Joe. Is it... Shohei Inagaki is the name of the track. The composer is the Wave Corporation sound team. And this was for the Super Famicom. And that's what you want to hear? All right. Well, let's check it out. Yes. Killer track, Haju. Yes. Oh, it's not Aishtano Joe, right? It's Ashtano Joe. It's Ashta. Okay, yeah. I was confused about that because I was thinking it would make more sense to be Ashtano Joe, like the Joe of tomorrow. 
With tomorrow's Joe. Oh, is that what Joe. that means? Yeah. Tomorrow's Joe? Something like that. Um, okay, so I guess as for me, I would, I, I think it would be cool if there was some BGM, uh, but yeah, I do think silence is also important, so maybe yeah. if it just came and went or something like that, that'd be cool. Um, Ashita no Joe, this song, or Shohei Inagaki, I guess is what it's called. Where could it be, the BGM? I feel like it's a motorcycle fight. Oh, interesting. Like it does I'm, remind me of that bluesy tune from Megami Tensei 2, which we described as a biker bar mm, at some point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it's because you were talking about Tempura, but mm. I'm seeing like a really intense kitchen scene right now. Interesting. Yes, I don't know. If you were making food to this, I feel like it would um, give new purpose to what you were doing All and right. make you feel like you were doing the most important thing in the world and the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, that's true. Oh, during that part where everything drops out except a little bit of drums and bass, that's when you hear the tempura sizzling through. <laughs> yeah, Haji really nailed it again. Always got those good tracks. So what? what is this game? This uh, game is apparently based on a boxing manga. Mm. Tomorrow's Joe. I think what they might mean by Tomorrow's Joe is this idea that better luck tomorrow or something like that. I'm not really sure. Let's, let's see. I'm looking up a quick... I'm wondering Review. if that, yeah, I'm wondering if it has like a a sympathetic edge to it, or if it's like um, kind of propping him up. Is it that he's gonna be better tomorrow, or is that tomorrow belongs to him, or is it both? I don't know. Yeah, I will say that I did I did watch the end credits to try to get an actual composer, and there was none listed. But the the ending credits was a graphic of the boxer sitting in the corner of the ring with his head down with very sad music and that was not like a bad ending I think that was just the ending of the game uh, mm. so I don't know what that means I don't know if the narrative ends with a loss no matter what you do or if maybe maybe that's the end of his career let's see I'm just looking at a review here this is from playingwithsuperpower.com Tomorrow's Joe review. Um, let me see, what do they have to say about it? They're comparing it to Punch-Out! and they're saying that Punch-Out! is far superior. Mm -hmm. They say Punch-Out! has a sort of magic to it that can't be put easily into words. Tomorrow's Joe has no magic. Even if you are a fan of the comic or anime, you will probably still feel something is missing. It's only so-so. So that's their take on it. It's just another opportunity to write a sweet jam. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think something bad happens at the end. That mm -hmm. even though you win, there's probably some story that goes along with it that's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. 
There's that um, weird wrestling game that they put out in Japan that has like a super depressing ending. I think you murder suicide your family at the end of it or something like that. Oh yeah, they talked about this on LMH. I don't know if it's a whole family, but uh, from from Brent's description, it sounded like the the wrestler themselves commits suicide oh, at the right. end. Yeah, I was thinking about that too when I was watching this end credits and wondering what's going on with this guy. I'm gonna imagine that it's the end of his career only because. Um, but he's I don't so know young. I know it's true. Uh, but here's a weird thing I was doing oh, a while ago. I don't know if you've ever watched footage of Ric Flair, Nature Boy Ric Flair, mm-hmm. of the WCW talking about his wrestling career. But uh-huh. this guy was moved to tears during an interview talking about his final match when he knew it was his, his final time in the ring. Mm. And there is this image of him. It's a photograph of him sitting in a hallway on a bench with his head down and uh, I think this is what prompted the crying the interviewer said what were you thinking about right then and he said I was thinking about how this was the last time I was going to be here as a professional wrestler and uh, it was so moving Mm. you know you grow up not really liking him as a character because he's sort of a heel character and all that but that guy loved his job he just loved it, and he seems so genuine, at least from the the interviews that I've watched. So that was an interesting, pleasant surprise to have as an adult to get this new perspective on this this thing that was a part of my childhood. Yeah, I f- find that the uh, the heels are pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know. I was also watching uh, stuff about wrestling lately or recently. I was watching like a uh, some sort of documentary about The Undertaker. Uh-huh, And yeah. you realize, I mean, The Undertaker, I was, like, kind of scared of him. I thought he represented evil or something like that. I really wanted Hulk Hogan to beat him. Yes. But you realize he just really wanted to give his body and his performance to an audience. Yeah, yeah. Even if it meant them hating him or whatever. It's pretty it's cool. totally true. The yeah. Undertaker scared the crud out of me, too, as a kid. There was some match uh, that we watched. I was very, very young when we were watching WCW in mm-hmm. my household. So this is like on the periphery of solid memory. But there was some match, and he might have done this often, but he actually took his opponent, who had lost, out of the ring in a body bag and this this imagery of this guy being put in a body bag was so upsetting to me. <laughs> you know, it just was so such a such a strong, you know, and and his you know, like there's a bell tolling in the background and all of that and I think I didn't understand if if the person was okay or not and you know, is interesting. And then he was in he was in wrestling for so long, like even yeah. When I was in middle school, he was he was like reinvented, and he was riding a motorcycle and had highlights and stuff. It's so. it's awesome when you when somebody like that is still wrestling. I think he finally did his last match or something in yeah. 2016 or something like that. It's cool when somebody like that kind of follows or 
feels gives the world a sense of permanence, you know, that isn't always there. Yeah. Kind of like Dick Clark or something. <laughs> I will say this one last thing about Ric Flair. When I was growing up, my brother hated Ric Flair. I hated Ric Flair too, yeah. Everybody hated Ric Flair. Yeah. And when I played through WCW for the NES last summer, I guess it was, or something, mm-hmm. um, I, I grew a new appreciation for perhaps some of the fire behind that hatred because... He is impossible in that game. The only way I was able to beat Ric Flair in WCW was to get a ring out. I just had to keep him out of the ring until his time ran out. (laughs) I Mm. couldn't actually take him down with the power of my own uh, egregiously muscled body, so. That's odd. (laughs) I don't think he was ever the hardest one or something like that, but... Ric Flair, yeah, okay. Ric Flair... I hated Ric Flair because they posed him against the Macho Man. Uh-huh, yeah. And supposedly he was, like, uh, hitting on the Macho Man's girlfriend or something like that. It was kind of... It was kind of uh, iffy with how they were treating Elizabeth as a character. Because they kind of never really resolved what was going on with that. Mm. Um, And she kind of was just kind of like a pawn in this whole story. Mm. But he seemed like such a wimp compared to Macho Man. But he put up such a fight that it was really satisfying when the Macho Man finally beat him. So I guess I should say, you know, good job, Ric Flair. Yeah. Good on you. Yeah, congratulations, Ric Flair. All your frustrations. (laughs) Have paid off, you got a pile drive guy. (laughs) Yeah. And he would always cut himself, too. Anyways, moving on. Moving on and out. We've got a very special announcement. Yes, we do. So, we've been talking about giving away this extra copy of Sword and Sorcery that was gifted to Josh from Steen, which was offered to Monica, and she said, no, make it into a quiz, make it into a a prize. So what we did was we reached out to Mixix Master yeah. and we asked Mixix Master to create a VGM mix and he said yes. He agreed to do this. So what we're going to do is we're going to at the end of the episode play his mix and uh, if you want to participate in the challenge you're going to email us with the games that the different tracks are from. Mm. Did I explain that well enough? So it's going to be at the end of this episode? Yes. Wow, okay. Yes. So you're going to listen to Mixix Masters Mixix. Mm-hmm. You're going to email us and you're going to identify as many of the games as you can from the tracks that he provided. And the person who identifies the most correctly will win. And if there is some kind of tie situation in terms of how many you got right... I think we'll probably give it to the person who gets their submission in first. Does that sound legitimate? Yeah. Wait. Or should we have a, like a mixic sudden death? Do they have to get them all right? No, just as many as they can. So, but... Okay, so it's whoever gets the most right first? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. 
So even if you don't get a perfect score, you might still beat others. So do it. So try to turn it in. ASAPs. But you can right, always yes. win, even if you're last, if you get them all right. Right, exactly. And nobody else so did. Okay, got it. It's up to you how you're going to play your cards. Mm, mm, but mm. thank you, Mixix Master, for doing this for us. Thank you. This is very awesome, especially because it takes him out of the running from the competition, and he was okay with that. So, so many people just paying it forward at yeah. the VGM jukebox. And so, speaking of paying it forward, we want to thank step them all. on your segue. I'm talking over you so much. Say that again. And we want to thank you all. We want to thank you all, right? Right. <laughs> Joey Koki. Sparadin. Bogus Meat Factory. Goemon Sama and Super Kicks all day long. Thank you for today's track recommendations and thoughtful, beautiful testimonials. I do want to say. Um, Did you just do that on purpose, by the way? No. Why? Did I oh, talk over you? I've had no. I've had my hand over my mouth this entire time, patrons, to signal that I wasn't going to say anything. And the second I took it away, you said, by the way. <laughs> I just had actually looked down. Um, the reason I looked down was because I think we kind of had two writing prompts from today. If you want to get into the comment section at the VGMJukebox.com. Somebody please tell me this story about SNK headhunting uh, Capcom developers. Mm. And also... Please tell me about a time where you felt you might have been seeing the world through a cloud of imagination. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Do we have any any other things that we need to address? Not that I can think of. Okay. Okay. Not that I can think of. I just I can hear the Sims music playing through your side. Oh, yeah. I changed it because it's more relaxing. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Maybe this is another tune that the bar band has learned how to play. So yes, thank you to today's recommenders, and thank you to everyone else who keeps writing in and submitting us suggestions. Please keep sending them in. Go to our website, thevgmjukebox.com, and click the Suggest Track button, or go to submit.thevgmjukebox.com to send your recommendations our way. Send us an email at insertcoin at thevgmjukebox.com, or you can send us snail mail at the VGM Jukebox, P.O. Box 26959, Los Angeles, California, 90026. Follow us on Twitter at VGMJB. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Josh Adachi again. And the reason that's my name is because uh, I forgot my password once and I lost my <laughs> old Twitter thing. In case you're curious. And now there's another at Josh Adachi. They must have canceled my old uh, Twitter or something. Don't follow that Ah. guy. He's like a cool soccer guy or something. I'm uh, unable to play soccer. Right. That's superior. Emily is at Keyglyph. And she's a Keyglyph because um, 
there was a dolphin that needed to like sing a song to travel back in time or something like that and it needed to use a key glyph to do that right yeah nailed it nice all true that's my job that's what i do Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any podcatcher. And please, if you have a moment and you would like to pay it forward to us, you can rate and review us at the iTunes store, and then we will pay you in fake video game currency. Just as we're about to do right now with really? our two new reviews. Two? I believe. I get so excited about this. Yeah. Joseph Kokonos, he told us that He's listened to many VGM podcasts over the years, but this is the first one. Oh, no. We did that one. Sorry, Joseph. Give me that. Give me that back. <laughs> okay, we do have one new one, though. Okay. The Caretakers of Shared VGM Memories writes the dyad. I am a bad patron. For those not in the know, the term for the show's listeners. I am a bad patron because I've never left a rating for one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Mm. Yeah, that's true, Dyad. You were a bad boy. But I am also a good pa- patron. I installed iTunes so I could leave this review. That's a lot of work, actually. Oh, yeah. He says, You and I provide thoughtful takes on listener stories, except when we ignore them. All framing the wonderful music VGM fans love. The format is decidedly different. The hosts play tracks of their own, choosing very infrequently. Instead, this feels like a community. Every listener has the opportunity to say, Hey, I like this show, and guess what? I contributed a little bit. That's very true. Very, very true. (laughs) So subscribe to the show, submit a track recommendation, and tune in to hear Josh and Emily provide thoughtful insight, except when it's thoughtless. That's my own. And stupid, capital S. And sometimes just plain silliness. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Man, installing iTunes just to leave reviews? I haven't even done that. Well, you're a bad patron. I am a bad patron, yes. I'll get back my gold coins. The Diet is not only a good patron now, but he's also a good podcast, so you should also check out The Diet at The Diet. What is it called? The, the Dyad Presents. The Dyad Presents, yeah. I actually really like that show. Did it help you through your broken leg? Yes, yes. I'm going to say yes. I don't really remember, but I'm going to say yes. It's a little bit blurry, perhaps. I use it a lot, yeah. My broken leg is blurrier now. <laughs> yeah, the crack got a little blurred. Through the magic of podcasting, it smeared some of the uh, calcium. Yeah, it's you. Uh, you turned on aliasing. Yeah. Or whatever that is, so it smoothed out all the jaggedy lines. Yeah. I yeah, that's a, exactly what I meant. I used a clone stamp. All right. Well. Um. Have you come up with any other remedies for me? Well, you could join the group on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash the VGM Jukebox and be sure to check the bulletin board at the end of the episode, not for music-related game projects today, but for, what's it called? Uh, the Mix-Six Quizzes. The Mix-Six. The Quiz. Mix-ix. And Quiz-ix. But you can, also, you can also be at the end of our episode if you have anything you want to plug, music, video game-related, 
let us know. Um, we'll see you next week. In the meantime, I'm going to use my stylus and I'm going to try to do surgery on Emily through this visual novel game. What is that game called? Oh, um... Oh, no, I know this. Under the Knife? It's not called so- that. Something, something, something Under the Knife. Isn't that the, the subtitle? Knife. Oh, maybe one of them is called Under the Knife. It's like a... Hold on. There was a Wii version and there was a DS version. Yes. Trauma Center, Under the Knife. Trauma Center. Should trauma we Trauma Center. Center you? Yeah, that sounds totally fine. I mean, you, you beat Duolingo, so... Actually, I don't know if surgery is the right move for when you have the chills. Eh, better than nothing. I got a better idea. Uh-huh. Why don't I just res this? Okay. I'll fly through your blood veins and just zap various uh, anomalies. To beautiful music? Yeah. Okay, so I'll put on some music, so that's what you'll hear while you're in there. Okay. And you can smash my germs in time to the tunes. Sounds like a plan. Excellent. This might take a week. (laughs) It might. But we'll see everybody when it's all done next week. All right, guys. Remember, you mean so much to us. And you always will. Alright patrons, it's time for a Mixix Quizix. Remember, this is to put you in the running for our extra copy of Sword and Sorcery for the PC. The rules are as follows. 1. Listen to the Mixix medley of video game tunes at the end of the episode. 2. For as many tunes as possible, name the game it's from. You don't have to know the track title, just the game. And 3. Email us your answers at insertcoin at thevgmjukebox.com. The winner will be the patron who names the most games correctly. The deadline is the 15th of September, 2017. So, let's go! Mm-hmm. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. <laughs>